0: But I'm, I'm going to speak today about the book of Jonah. You all know the story about Jonah and the big fish? A few months ago, my wife organized a trip to Sight and Sound in Pennsylvania, and we saw the play. The, they did a tremendous job, and since then, I wanted to speak about Jonah. And what I especially liked was that all-you-could-eat buffet, <laughs> Ephraim, that uh, there was a, one of the pe- ladies that went with us she came to me and said I, I have a problem with overeating can you pray for me because I believe I have an evil spirit that makes me overeat so I went and I said spirit of overeating come out and the spirit said I will for a cookie <laughs> so now that we got past all that I'm going to turn to the book of Jonah, starting chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. See, God had a plan to use Jonah. The Bible says Jonah was a prophet and God was sending him to Nineveh now Nineveh was the most evil city on the face of the earth and we know from history it was one of the most evil places in history they had an army where they go into a city and when and when they take over the city they take hooks and put it into the noses of the people and lead them out. They would actually take families and separate them and send them to different places. So God, But God told them, you go to that wicked, evil city. I'm giving you an assignment. The same way God has an assignment for every one of us. Every child of God has a mission, an assignment, something that God's called you to. For some people, it's here in church. For other people, it's to go into the school system and bring Jesus. For other people, it's to go into politics and and bring Jesus into the political realm. For other people, it's to have a Bible study in your neighborhood and reach people one by one. But whatever it is, just like Jonah God has a mission for you. Every single one of you, it says in Psalms that every day of your life was written in God's book before it came to be. God dreamed over your life, and he planned for you to, uh, for accomplishment, to, to do something for his kingdom. Except here's what Jonah did in verse 3. Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. God said, go to that wicked city Nineveh and you tell those people to repent. And if they don't repent, I'm going to bring judgment. I'm going to bring destruction. And Noah didn't like God's assignment. So he got on a boat to Tarshish, heading the total opposite direction. You see, Jonah didn't want the people to repent. Why? Because they were his enemies. He hated them. So we've been teaching a lot on grace. Even this morning I heard people say, God loves you. God accepts you. What have We, we, we pour it into you week after week. Even on your worst day. God's arms are open to you. He's here to show you grace, even in your mess, even in your failure, even in your immaturity. We serve a God of grace and mercy, and and he will not turn you away. He will not reject you. But look what Jonah did. As much as he had received God's love, he said, well, that's good for me, but not for those wicked people over there. See, Christianity isn't all about me. See, we need to come to the next level of what grace is. Grace and love, God's love, isn't something I just received, but it's something that God pours out through me, and sometimes God might send you to people you don't like. Sometimes God will send you to the worst sinners, and it tells us in the New Testament that where there's more sin, there's more grace, because that's who God is. Even though God sent Jonah He didn't have God's heart. I'm going to show you from the Scripture what God's heart is, even for the worst sinners out there. In Romans 5, verses 6 to 8, Paul wrote about God. And this is for you. Here's what Paul said. He said, when you were yet a sinner, when you had nothing to offer God, God died for you. Jesus died on the cross at the time when you wanted nothing to do with him. There was a time in your life when you were far from God. And it was at that point that God came for you. In Matthew 23, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Even though the people hated him, even though they rejected him and said they tried to kill him, but Jesus stood there and he wept and said, I, I, I wish that you would have come to me. In their sin, in their wickedness, in their rebellion, Jesus said, I, I wish that you would come. I feel like a mother hen and, and I would have treated you like chicks. I would have loved you. I would have raised you up. John 3:16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It doesn't say he just loved you. He didn't say he just loved the church, but the world includes everyone, including everyone you don't like, including everyone who's hurt you. God wants to pour out his grace not only not only on you, but on them. And Luke chapter 6 Verse 35, I'm going to read it. It says, Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. What is it saying? If if you're a Christian, if you want to be a child of God, it's not just about walking in God's love and I need healing and I need more from God. If you truly want to be like your father, it says go to the worst sinners, go to the people who have despitefully used you, people who have wounded and hurt you, And show them love, and then you'll be just like your Father in heaven. Because do you know that God blesses not only his people, but even the most wicked sinners, that he gives them strength every morning to get up and and to go to work, that God provides not only for us, but for the world? Why? Because that's his heart. What's the point of this? We have to have a deeper understanding of grace. God's grace means I'm not just going to take it. I'm not just going to receive it. But God is telling each one of us to go and pour out your love to be like him to those who don't deserve it. Because let me fast forward to the end of the story. At the end of the story, Noah, he finally went. He preached to the Ninevites, and they repented. See, he had probably the greatest anointing in the whole Bible. He went and preached to people he didn't even like, did no miracles, and the whole city turned to God. But Noah was angry. I mean, Jonah. After Jonah had run from God... God restored him. Jonah preached to the people. And they repented. And you know what Jonah did? He didn't rejoice that people had turned to God. It says that he sat down on the floor and he said, God, I wish I was dead. I knew that you were going to forgive those people. I knew that you were loving towards my enemies. And he said, God, I wish I would die. See, in other words, your love is good for me. Thank you that you restored me, God. Thank you, I was a worse sinner. I ran away from you. I wanted nothing to do with the things you called me to do. And even after that, God, you restored me. You gave me grace, but not those people over there. See, we've been preaching about radical grace. Radical grace means I'm going to go to the unlovable and love them unconditionally. See, the, if you just Jesus said, if you only love the people who love you, anybody could do that. I've been in prison where the people in jail, when they meet their friends, they hug each other. Oh, how you doing? Go down to the projects. You'll see all the drug dealers lined up. When their friends come, they get all excited. Oh, how you doing, bro? (laughs) Anybody, the worst sinner has that kind of love. But we have a radical love that we carry, that we're going to love the people that that hate us the most. And that's how we're going to change the world. See, just like Jonah had a mission to change a wicked city, we also have a mission, but our mission is to love them into the kingdom. You see, Jonah ran from God, but could I tell you now, once you're a child of God, you can't run anymore. He'll go after you. You know what it says in the New Testament? That if there's a hundred sheep and and one runs away, the shepherd will leave the ninety-nine and run after the one. In other words, if you try to walk away from God, He's running after you. He's coming for you. It doesn't matter where you try to go. So here's what happened. Jonah chapter 1 verse 4. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. Here's another thing that might mess up some of your theologies. I thought God was love. Why would God send a storm after Jonah, after the prophet, after the man of God? Can I tell you that sometimes that is the love of God? There was a man named Paul in the New Testament, and he was rebelling against God, and in his love, God knocked him off the horse. There was another man named Jacob in the Old Testament, And he was full of pride and deceit. And you know what God did? He wrestled with him all night. Do you know that that's love too? Sometimes God is going to send a big storm after you because that's what you need. Sometimes God's got to humble you and it still is love. I hear so many people complain, Oh, you don't know what I went through. I thought that God loved me. Well, if God real is a God of love and grace, why does he let me go through this thing? Maybe that's what you needed to go through. Maybe in God's best love, he sent the situation that w- that would break the pride, break the rebellion, bring you to the next level. if your idea of God's love is everything is lollipops, rainbows... <laughs> sugar-coated candies, and I'm just living in the glory, and nothing bad's ever going to happen to me. It's because of God's love that he allows you to go to difficult situations. He's doing things in you. He's breaking off fear. There's a purpose in everything God does, and if you're running from God, don't, don't be surprised if he sends a big wind after you. So, so Jonah was in the boat, and a big wind came, and a mighty storm. And, and the ship was being tossed back and forth. And it looked like everyone on the ship was going to die and there was Jonah sleeping, and they woke him up, and they said, well, "Why don't you? We're praying to our gods. Why don't you pray to your god?" And you know what Jonah said? He said, "I know the reason for your trouble. The reason that we're in a storm is because of me." And you know what Jonah said? "Pick me up and hurl me out of the boat into the water." See, Jonah so much rebelled against God, that he wouldn't just say, God, I repent. Send me, God. I'll go. And the storm would have stopped. There's some people that are just so rebellious that will go through anything. I'll never forget the time we were doing homeless ministry, and we met this couple that lived in an abandoned building in Hunts Point, and both of them had HIV They were wearing all these filthy rags. And we came to them to bring food. And we said, will you receive Jesus today as your Savior? And you know what they said? We're not ready to give all this up yet. What they were saying was, we'd rather die than to give our lives over to Jesus and to conform my will to his. And they took Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the storm stopped. Now, I've said this before, that God told me to say it again because someone needs to hear this. There's some of you, you got a Jonah in your life that's bringing destruction Pushing you away from God, and you need Him to throw Him off your boat. We, we might have some women here who are romantically involved with a man that completely do not respect you as a woman of God but here's what they'll do they'll pro- oh don't worry i promise you i'm going to show up in church and eventually they will and after a few weeks you know what they're going to say church again why can't we do what i want to do why can't you why do you always got to listen to that same stupid christian music Throw that Jonah off your boat before that storm destroys you. I'm not telling you not to love people, but you know what it says in 1 Corinthians 15? That bad bad company corrupts good character. I've seen whole ministries destroyed by people attaching themselves to, to a destructive person. You need to get those people out of your life. And I'm not talking right now to spouses who have committed themselves for life. So don't think this is an excuse, husbands and wives. Oh, my wife's holding me back from the, from God. I need. That's not what I'm talking about. You made a commitment. Be careful, single people, before you make that commitment for a lifetime. Because they might bring a storm, but they're staying in your boat. And don't come and ask me for no loopholes either, how I could get them. I know I promised. I know I said I'd stay married, but there must be something in the Bible. I'm also not saying that if you have friends that you're struggling with to get rid of them, we need to keep dealing with people, keep loving them. I'm not saying if they're a church people that you go back and forth and butt heads with, that you should cut them off. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. In other words, as you butt heads, it could be strengthening both of you. I'm talking about destructive, wicked people. And, and Jonah fell into the, into the ocean, and you know what God sent? He sent a big, giant fish to swallow him up. In fact, when I came in this morning, I, I met someone in the back of the church, and she asked me, what are you speaking on today? I said, well, I'm speaking today on Jonah and the whale. She said, "Jonah and the whale. I don't even believe in God. I don't believe that a big whale could eat, could swallow a person and the person lives. How could that happen?" I says, "Well, when I die and get to heaven, I'm gonna. I'll be the first one to ask Jonah." So she said, "Well, what if Jonah is in hell?" I said, "Then you ask him." Hey, Pastor George, that was funny, right? I even got myself that time. <laughs> what, what was that fish all about? Why, why did God have to send a fish after him? Because God was not willing to give up on him. Even in his rebellion, even after he jumped off the ship, it went as far, even tried to kill himself. And God said, no, I've got a plan for you. And God, do you see the real love of God right there? We're not saying this kind of, God, oh, God loves you. I'm talking about a love that even when you want to die, even when you want nothing to do with God, you jump into the water to drown and God sends a big fish to rescue you. And then guess what happened when Noah was in the big fish? Surround, his head was surrounded by seaweed. The horrible smell of the fish. You know what he did? Now he started to pray. Now he started to cry out to God. Do you know that that's what it takes sometimes? Do you know that sometimes people have to hit rock bottom? Let me offend some people right now. If you have any complaints, you could write them to mark at sanctuaryfellowship.org. Sometimes people ask me to pray. Well, I'm not really serving God. I've been out doing my own thing. Will you pray for me? Do you think I pray, oh, God, would you just bless him? You know what I pray? God, send a storm. Send a big fish. Bring him to the end of himself. Make him miserable in his rebellion. That's how I pray. Cause some, and that's love. I love you enough to pray for you that way. When someone comes and says, my husband, he's walking out of the marriage, he's in rebellion. I don't, will you pray? I don't say, God, will you provide for this? I say, get him, God. Send the fish, God. Swallow him up, God. (laughs) Why? Because that's love. Sometimes we gotta let people hit rock bottom. Sometimes love has to be tough. Sometimes love has to take a stand. You know what I've seen as love? I've seen parents leaving their grown children in prison because they love them too much to enable them one more time. I've I've seen wives. Where their their husbands keep bringing drugs home and taking drugs with the kids there and saying, I love you too much to, to let you stay here. You get out of my house. And that's love. And it's always the same response. Oh, you don't love me. If you really love me, you let me do whatever I want. There's some of you here, you need to take a stand. You know what love is sometimes? So I'm talking on the phone to someone. They're screaming and cursing. I say, if you say that, keep doing it. I'm hanging up the phone. That's love. Don't let people just do anything they want to you. See, what Jesus said is we don't take revenge. We don't get people. We don't try to hurt people back. But, but sometimes, in your love, you have to put limits. You have to put boundaries. Why? Because that's the kind of love that God had. See, and Jonah spent three days in the belly of that big giant fish. And finally, he cried out to God. And the fish spit him out. I guess you can't keep a good man down. That one wasn't so funny, right? (laughs) Pastor George is giving me the ratings back there of how funny the jokes are. And after that, after all he went through, after he gave his life back to God, comes my favorite verse in the whole Scripture. Do you know what that verse is? It says, God came to Noah a second time. You know what that means for me? It means I've messed up many times. I've been in the belly of that fish. There's been days and times when it took God's amazing grace not to just throw me out of his kingdom, but I thank God right now that he's a God of second chances, that every time I fail, when when I walk away, when I don't do his will, God says, I'm coming to you a second time, and he will restore you. What's the message? There's nothing that you can do to get too far that God can't bring you back. You can try to go into the depths of hell, and he'll send a fish after you. That's the love of the God that we serve. There's a second chance for you. Because even though this Jonah was rebellious, he didn't have the heart of God, there was another Jonah, a second Jonah, and his name was Jesus. And he was up in heaven, and and the Father told him, "Come down here to earth to live amongst the wicked people. They're going to hate you. They're going to despise you. They're going to kill you." And do you know what Jesus did? Because he had the, because he's God and he has the heart of God, he. Unlike Jonah, he came willingly. He came down to earth and gave his life for you. And, the Bible, and Jesus said that just as Jonah was three days in the belly of the whale, so must the Son of Man be three days buried in the earth. But just as Jonah was spit out of the whale, Jesus was spit out of the earth. And he lives. And he rose again. And his arms are wide open. So here's how I want to end. Usually when I make a call, I try to cast the wide as net as possible to try to include as many people that, would, that the call would be as relevant to as many people as possible. But today... I'm, I'm looking for people of bravery today. I'm looking for people who are courageous enough to say, God, I've messed up, and I receive today your restoration, your second chance. See, so it doesn't matter how far you've gone from God. But if you have the courage today to acknowledge, I need God's grace. I need the restoration. I need it in my marriage. I'm going to choose today to be the husband or wife God's called me to be. I'm going to come back into the ministry that that I left. Or maybe things have happened between you and God, and you're saying, God... I'm coming to you today. If you have, if that's you, and you don't care what anyone thinks, I'm just going to ask you to stand with me right now, because that's me many times. Those who are standing, I'm going to ask you to come to the front, because I have a purpose. God's given me a picture. So if you could just quickly come up. See, Pastor George, he has a sword back here. No, he's not going to chop off your head because then our church insurance payment will go up. So we don't want that. But God gave me a picture of restoration. What I asked him to do is take that sword... And he's just going to come to you, and he's going to place it in your hand. See, in the Bible, a sword symbolizes the anointing of God, the calling of God on your life. So we're not going to spend a lot of time holding it, but it's what's called a symbolic act. And as he places it in your hand, the Lord showed me that supernaturally in the realm of the Spirit, God is restoring back to you whatever has been lost in your life. It doesn't matter if you just got spit out of the fish, that you came from the depths of despair. There's newness for you today. So I'm going to ask if the worship team can come. And if the prayer team could come just to surround those who are up here. And I just, everyone who came up, I want to honor you today because for not being ashamed. Like I said, usually when I give these calls, I make them general. But today you are courageous enough to admit that you have a need. And that's a rare thing in this city. In this city, nobody in church needs nothing. Yes, people, you want prayer? No, I'm good. So I just want to honor you for having the courage to come up right now. So Pastor George is going to come around. He's going to place the sword in your hand and God is supernaturally going to do something in you.